0: is a point of view Anakin.
1: Hi welcome to the weekly song podcast. That's the sound (laughs) of our dignity leaving the room. (laughs) Best intro ever. My name is Roger Heathers. This is episode 62 of the weekly song podcast and with me as he always is. Is Declan Kitchener. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. It's a rainy English day today, isn't it?
2: Hooray! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dangerous roads to drive on. Yeah, it's not as if I have an hour and a half drive back. <laughs> just wait till summer, and then it'll be it'll be safe to drive
0: again. Oh, we never do shows in the summer. I do want to try and get three, uh, three seasons done in a year at one point, just partly because... I'll get to drive the roads in summer, and it'll be lovely.
2: Yeah,
0: you, that that's not the vocal tone I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: just, you know, these these things we wish for, but we don't
0: always get. You know,
1: I'd like to do. I'd like, I'd like to do three in a year because then we'd be a consistent podcast, one of those podcasts that keeps its listeners.
0: <laughs> yes, rather than having to build them up from new every time. Uh, but you know, if you are a new listener and you don't know what's going on then I don't blame you. I mean, this is like us just rambling on about anything. But what the plan normally is, is that we uh, both write a song in a week and then we bring it to the podcast. Neither of us has heard the other songs. Uh, we take it in terms of play and then we discuss them, how we wrote them, uh, you know, what the inspirations are, all the fun things like that.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, we write... We... I'm not in them <laughs> We write, we shite <laughs> We get it all on tight Wait, what? <laughs> Okay so you said about the podcast Yeah that's right and uh, we also take turns um, As to who goes first to play their song each week On the podcast and this week is Declan's turn to go first I'm so sorry And Declan told me before the podcast started that he has um, One of the most unusual uh, Song titles he's
0: I- had I so. didn't say it was unusual I said it was dumb Oh dumb Okay, well... Uh... <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> uh. oh, Roger's already seen it. Um, basically, this song is called You Should Be Yourself. That's not so dumb. Well, who else are you going to be? put
1: yourself down, son. I stick up for you in the staff room.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, God. Okay, right. All yours. Cool. This song is called You Should Be Yourself. Um, try not to beat other people. Uh, try not to be famous people, just try to be yourself. It's, it's fine. It's cool. It's fine. it's cool. It's fine. It's cool.
3: Count to free. Take it on an easy steps. Always make your first the best. Travel where you want to be. It's not easy.
1: Great stuff. Ugh. Really, really like that. Um, Thank you. It's a very riffy, rock and roll song. It's great.
0: Yeah, it's so uh, you could almost imagine Jimmy Eat World doing it or something. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know
0: if you know the reference, but it also reminds
1: you of something that a band called Big Star would do.
0: Um, that doesn't ring a bell. Who are Big Star?
1: Again? Uh, Big Star were, they're kind of like, they have a huge cult following, Um, just a really melodic 70s band. You'd really like them. Oh, sure. i have to check them
0: out at some point.
1: Yeah, um, really cool I mean, a couple of thoughts off the top of my head First of all, I love how it's it's a very chordal song And the melody works around the chords But the chords are bridged together by little lines of riff If you know what I mean
0: Yeah, that was more just because I had the chords And I just thought, what can I do to spice it up?
1: Well, in my eyes... What started as an attempt to just spice up a chord progression becomes the signature uh, characteristic of the song, and well, it's, what makes the melody,
0: it... it's what the melody's based around.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But the fact that they go together, I don't know. There's something about the pairing of the, vo- the voice and the guitar, which I just absolutely love. And the fact that you got like um, <clears throat> um, in the "You Should Be Yourself" part, you have got a part that where well, you bend the string, which is it's it's unusual to see an acoustic songwriter
0: you know bend the strings you know as part of their melody i don't know if you've noticed but this isn't meant to be an acoustic song (laughs) (laughs) i did get an impression actually but that is kind of one of those moments where you just hope the whole band like guitar and bass and vocals and drums would just emphasize so
1: Yeah, you talk about like the guitar and bass and the whole band e- emphasizing it. Every single riff I hear, you know, I just I can picture a drummer playing a riff that complements and, and mirrors what the, what the guitar's doing.
0: Thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, so this one just basically started trying to get some chords, and uh, it has a the chords I used has a bit of a weird genesis. Basically, last time we were down here. We tend to like to just jam when the mics are off anyway It sort of helps mm. us loosen up and helps us unwind and everything It's just fun to do uh, I don't know how it happened but at some point we got on to Postman Pat <laughs> <laughs> Just like Postman Pat, Postman
3: Pat, Postman Pat And it's back in my cat Early in the morning Just as day is
0: dawning Pat feels he's a very lucky man. Which, um... (laughs) It's basically the same chords but in a different order and shifted up three semitones. So it's the one, five, six, and two. Interesting, okay. Which, um... It's, it's an unusual genesis for a chord progression, but
1: yeah, you know. there's there's been certainly more <clears throat> um, conventional <laughs> starts for songs, but Postman Pat is a fine place to start too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it's it's wasn't really lifted from like anything to do with the actual theme. It was more mm. just lifted from those chords and just nice to move between. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I get that. Um, so that's all that was, and then like I said, the. Uh... Mm-hmm. Uh, that stuff was just there to sort of bridge them a bit nicer and everything then just f sharp uh, f sharp major 7 and into an f and then the end of the verse it was just uh c sharp uh g sharp f sharp g sharp f sharp f this if this the f is the major third if this song had a proper name it would be just major third the song um and then the last is So that's uh, B-flat on the A string and F-sharp on the uh, D string. Just moving up to B on the A string and F-sharp. It's like the, if anyone's familiar with Queen, sorry, I did this every single week. <laughs> but it's like the One Vision riff, that movement. Quite nice to sort of have on your fingers. Then the next one is just a C diminished, and then a C sharp.
1: It's cool. There's a load, load, of great movement in the song. Um, without it feeling like it's um, like it's overcooked. You know, it's just a, it's got a pop song
0: feel to it. I don't know if that was intentional. Uh, less of a pop feel, but more just like energetic, breezy, upbeat. Not like necessarily straying too far into like. <laughs> into Mm. loads of weird chords and everything which is nice but you know sometimes you just want to hammer home the energy Uh, the chorus is basically F sharp F sharp minor F sharp major major third again F sharp minor minor fourth and then resolving to a C sharp can I just say the fact that you're going
1: Uh, the fact that you're going from um, your major third to a minor four is is a
0: rather unusual move. Well, I, I kind of had the... ..as the first bit of the chorus. That follows on really nicely, and I just thought, well, why don't I just stick the other <laughs> version of F and F-sharp in there? Just put the minor in there, so like you get the major and minor versions of each chord in quick succession.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a writing tool that can be used especially effectively when you're playing with a band, because you can have the bassist uh, do different things, the guitarists do different things, to where you're accenting those major minor shifts. Um, mm. So it works really great on acoustic guitar, but I mean, you know, again, just thinking about it in terms of a band playing this song, I think it'd be really cool to hear.
0: Yeah, this is meant to be like uh pop-punk kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely get that. I'll tell you, the bane of my life to play in this song is the thing from the first of the chorus which is just it's a semitonal movement from C sharp up to F sharp you play the F sharp twice and you got one more and then you go back down mm. for the chorus I think in the first run of it on that song, I actually screwed up a little bit, so you can see how easy it is to get wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean, looking at what Declan's playing here, I can see that it's a pretty tricky little part
0: to play. Well, it doesn't help that I'm just playing it with um, two fingers moving up each time, so one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two Which, if you're being sensible, you might I could play with all four of your fingers Yeah, (laughs) I just realised I was doing a visual demonstration on the radio
1: Hooray! Um Yeah, that that looks... I mean, the whole thing is pretty tricky to play. It's like, you know, because we were talking about before the podcast about how we don't get a hell of a lot of time to rehearse our songs. And when you started playing this verse where you've got kind of like pretty conventional chords, but you're like jumping around with these little riffs between them. I was like, don't mess up, don't mess up, don't mess up. You know, for...
0: How do you imagine I was feeling? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I'll tell you one bit I did kind of mess up uh, a little bit is the bridge, the... um... Partly because it's slightly weird chords. That's based around like I was trying to think uh, of a backup idea earlier in the week, just in case this one didn't work out, and ended up which ended up being B flat minor to a seventh, and then C sharp uh, to C sharp sus six and also it's got a sus2 on there. Okay. So what I'm actually playing is 4 on the A, 3 on the D, 3 on the G, and 4 on the B. Weird. That's a weird chord. Um, in in it in isolation,
1: it doesn't feel like it fits in the song, and when you play it as part of that um, section, it's like,
0: yeah, it, it's quite streamlined. Well, it it's one of these things, it'd be quite nice to have a band so you could get like the different parts of the chords all to each area, but... It's also quite a tricky thing to sing. It's sort of meant to be around. Mm. So that um uh E flat is being hit on that chord. So it end up being something like. But it's like I said, I didn't have much time to rehearse it. So that's what it's meant to be. I don't know what I actually sang. But,
1: uh... <laughs> It's hard to get everything right in one take after only writing
0: the song or finishing the song a little while ago. Yeah. I think that's pretty much all there is to say about that one, other than just... Uh, is, uh, in case you're not quite sure how that one's working, that's G-sharp, A, uh, A-sharp, C-sharp. Uh, that's bending up to an F from the E-flat. So so it's bending up to the third of the chord right that, that's a part that particularly
1: stuck out to me um, now obviously we, we tend to move on to the lyrics at this point but I just kind of want to ask um, is there like a, a situation or a moment in the week which prompted you to think about this topic
0: of um, you know you should be yourself uh, no to be honest with you Um Where it just stems from is I had the melody sort of roughly sorted in my head. And just, I was, I I came into work early one day so I could start working on the song. Uh, And just literally before I went on my shift, uh, I got the first line, count to three, take it all in easy steps, Mm. which works really well over it. I was just like, oh, yeah, I see. (laughs) Yeah, once you got that
1: first bit, it's,
0: yeah. Which is just kind of a nice, interesting beginning. But then it's sort of like, it's a self-demonstrating path of that. Like, you're going to end up going down that way if you right. talk about taking time, pausing, centering yourself, moving forward. Mm. Be yourself or, uh, eventually comes into the equation. Sure.
1: It's like all, yeah, there's a palette
0: of which topics to talk about. Which is not necessarily what the song was always about it's just kind of it fits nicely over that you should be yourself for you
2: mm. it
0: fits quite nicely over that um but yeah it's just expanding on that just like you know think about what you want to say say it don't back down but you know keep in mind other people just be yourself and be you know do what makes you happy
1: yeah, your songs have become way happier recently, you know. <laughs> oh,
0: there's, there's going to be a miserable one soon. To be fair, the first one of the run was a bit miserable.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Um, but no,
0: I think it's a really cool lyrical thing. It's just made me think, you know. Um, I mean, to be honest, like there's even a little bit at the end there, like, um, no, it's not simple to let your guard down and all of that stuff. And no, I've not done it, but I wish I could, though. Right. So that's the whole point. A failed idea is better than the truth that um, doesn't work. You know, it's better to try for something and not achieve it than uh, stick to a truism that, you know, things are impossible.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a lyrical thing that I tend to do a little bit more than you do, I think, of like writing from the perspective of who I want to be rather than who I am. Whereas you'll quite often take a situation or a or a stimulus from the week itself. That's kind of why I asked that, you know. So essentially
0: you're creating and I'm reporting. <laughs>
1: I, I don't know I'm I'm wishing I could be better and you're writing about what's around you I guess, but um, yeah I was just wondering because like there's there yeah, there is two kind of ways to do it you know because for me as a listener to that song you could easily have told me the story, oh man, you know, I was talking to this person and we had this conversation and I realised, oh man, you know, they're, they're being false and you should be yourself. You know, that it could be a very anecdotal thing, whereas it was it didn't come from that. It came from like a much more sort of like uh, explorative writing, would that be fair to say?
0: Um, it it's, it more came from things that rhymed and fit in the words. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not necessarily explorative, it's just more like, Common sense, but you need common sense messages every now and then anyway. Yeah. Like, you know, this is kind of why I think it's like a... I specifically was thinking of Jimmy World, like, it's almost like the middle. Yeah. Like, it's got a similar message to that. Yeah. As well as a similar feel and similar chord movements and similar tempo. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, which I only realised afterwards, but, you know. So you weren't, like, modelling this after a particular
1: style of music, it's just afterwards you thought, oh, damn, that's a little bit like Jimmy Eat World, that sort of thing. Pretty much, yeah. Right. Okay, that's cool. Are there any uh, particular lyrics which kind of you read through and stick out to you as, like, that was cool, cool metaphor, or, like, that was inspired by anything at all?
0: Um, not really, no. The only sort of reference in there is um, Heart, Keep Face, which... Um uh, again it's a Doctor Who thing. Uh the fifth doctor used to say to his companions occasionally, Brave heart Tegan or Brave Heart Teller, or, you know, mm. you know, stay strong, we've got to get through this, etc., etc. Sure, sure. That's literally the only reference in there.
1: Ah, uh, okay.
0: Another Doctor
1: Who reference in a Declan Kitchener lyric set. I like it. <laughs>
0: Is anyone keeping count? <laughs> well, we're on episode sixty two, so uh sixty-two <laughs> It averages out once an episode.
1: <laughs> no, that's really cool. Really, really cool song. Is there anything else you can think to say about it at all?
0: Uh not really. I just I just want to play it with a band one day. It'd be nice. Just, be just once and then forget it exists. <laughs> It would be such a cool one to play
1: with a band. Just, like, the drums accenting those little parts and the bass playing along with the riff. Oh, that would be great.
0: Like, just as mid-naughties as you can get it. <laughs> yeah, with well,
1: that classic, like, Jimmy World, like, compressed
0: guitar tone. Yeah, just like... Dun, 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 that sort of thing. And just, like, maybe a synth off in the background somewhere and just, like, chugging for the verses and then, like, open for the choruses.
1: I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> um... Alright, cool. I better play my song then, I guess. I'm looking forward to this. It's fairly unrehearsed.
0: So was mine. Did you hear my bridge?
1: (laughs) I did. Um, And it was sounding good. That's the thing. It's like the performance of the song is like a whole other challenge to the actual writing of the song. And uh, I wrote my song on Sunday this week. Yay! So on the seventh day.
0: To be fair, that's when I finished my words. I had the tune sorted by Thursday, but I finished uh, writing by Friday. Ah, uh, sorry, by Sunday. So it's kind of like tune and melody sorted Friday, words finished Sunday. Mm. So I haven't had a lot of time to put the two together. Was yeah, like, I was yeah. like looking up and down the page throughout all of that, just thinking like, okay, okay, pick the right bit, pick the right bit, pick <laughs> the right bit. <coughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> See,
1: in a way, I'm kind of jealous of. It's like a double edged thing. In a way, I'm jealous. In a way, I'm not. Because you write, you often write your music and your lyrics separately, whereas I kind of like the only way I can do it is writing them together. So I I have to kind of sit down for a whole session of writing to start and finish a song, whereas you can kind of like, you know, break up the process a little bit.
0: But then your words are often more thematically relevant to the music that you're actually putting them to, as opposed to mine, which end up being like quite similar and quite samey, just with a different beat behind them.
1: I wouldn't say that's true, but I think I definitely am able to more quickly tie the lyrics to the music. Mm. Um, But we'll see if that rings true this week. Um, My song this week is called um, Ringing Bell. uh... I think the phrase
0: rhymes with clucking bell.
1: (laughs) And it goes like this.
4: I guess I never found the words to tell you how much I really care When both of us were holding on to chains which were not there Yes, I never found the words to tell you how much I really care when both of us were holding on to chains
1: which were not there. I really like that, that's very cool. Thank you. A little bit of a rough performance, um,
0: you know, due to lack of rehearsal. We can
3: edit it later, it's fine. <laughs>
0: yeah. But I love that riff. Um uh, Roger's uh, tuned a tone now mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to sound wrong But it was something like And you were also having lovely little moments Where you were like a So you are sort of like moving between The chords similarly as well Yeah, it, in fact when you played your song this week I was like,
1: hmm We kind of got a similar guitar theme Going on here Um yeah, I mean that thing of like, you know, because originally similar to your song, when a part like, all lo- oh you've been playing a different key. Let me just cut back in, knowing the good tone. So like for a part like all over the world, like that was just strummed at first, right? So then like you know to uh, mirror the melody, all over the world, and just create a little bit more of a, a shape to the
0: to the song. Um yeah. But it helps suggest uh how a band might perform particularly with that I love that riff at the start. But yeah. I love I love that you only use it once or twice as well, that you sort of keep it a bit like uh what's the word? Like you you don't overuse it or anything. It's like
1: a little piece of ear candy is the way I kinda of thought of it. But it was a complete afterthought. I mean the song originally started with If I never had a wasted moment But then I was like because it just bangs into the song I was like, um, okay You know, just like have something like Where the guitar would do that And then everything would burst in like a beat
0: later I love it the way as well It's like moving around uh, the first chord But it's not actually on the first chord Like all of the notes are mm. slightly off
1: Yeah, I mean, you know It's very interchangeable You could kind of go um, Or something like that Or you can go or... You could do a whole bunch of different stuff with that. Well, I think you've got the best one there.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um It's also kind of a nice thing if you ever perform it live. It's just kind of like uh, pay your attention now. If I ever Um you'll notice that the
1: verses are very ordinary, you know, um, in their melody in their chords. I mean, I'm going six, four, one, five, major 3 6 the major three is kind of a cool thing, but the rest of it's just sort of one, four, five, six. What
0: what I was going to say is I really quite like how you're sort of keeping the verses like diatonic apart from the major third. Uh, So like you're only using the chords that are meant to be in there. Um, But then you sort of break out of that a little bit uh, in the, even in your first two chords in the chorus. So uh, for those who can't hear, Roger is playing E shapes, Mm. which is going to sound slightly different on mine. I'm two stones, two semitones up. Uh, but you end the whole thing is based around c sharp minor it's all sort of that kind of thing and then the first two things you do when you get into the chorus are b minor and c sharp major yeah and then you have that that sort of it's almost diminished but it's not quite yeah, yeah. I'll let you explain it, but I just think that's really cool. Like thanks, sort of, thanks. a lot. That you sort of denote the chorus with like non-diatonic chords.
1: Yeah, well, um, you and I have spoken before about my, my desire to use minor versions of the fifth chord in a song. So, you know, the song being in um, in uh, in E shapes, you know,
0: in E for argument's sake.
1: Um, and then, uh, you know, instead of going to the five. On the chorus. So which,
0: which is not a bad thing to do. It's kind of like a standard, like, different kind of key kind of thing to mm. transition with.
1: Um, but instead of using that, I used um, the minor five, which is, is hard to get up to melodically. And then when you play that, um, go to the um, major six with a seven. Um, so already you're in kind of this weird, weird space, which... Um, I'm trying to think what that's inspired by. There's a few artists who do things like that. Um, NRBQ do it um, in their songwriting. Um, that's the band I've just discovered. I don't know much of it, but they're just very clever with their chords. And the Beach Boys. I mean, Brian Wilson is a huge example of someone who like will write these pop songs, lovely pop songs, and then he'll get to a certain point in the song. And like to any, any old listener who doesn't know about chords, it's like, hey, it's kind of gone a bit weird, but it's still cool and maybe a little dark or something. Um... And that's kind of what I was going for with that, just sort of like a a Beach Boys type of of feel to at least the chords.
0: But you can imagine stacked uh, vocals on that quite nicely, but I like the way you sort of use the C-sharp major to get to the F-sharp minor, because C-sharp major is kind of like... C-sharp is the fifth of F-sharp, so it transitions quite nicely, but then that also puts you in a nice space to get back to the major fifth, which is the B yeah, exactly, I mean... Apologies if you don't know music theory, like, you're probably getting quite lost at this point (laughs) Um, but, you
1: know, I think uh, the song's fairly short, it's got two distinct sections, or three distinct sections, I guess you could say, you've got the verse the bridge and the chorus Um, and uh, thematically you know, again, we were talking about lyrics just now and uh, this is one where I wrote the lyrics at the same time as the music, um the way I've been doing all of my songs recently to, to start and get a good idea is I'll basically sit down with the guitar and I'll just kind of like fish for a key just to play in, you know, like I'll fish for like, okay, I'm going to start playing in D. D. And then I'll just sort of like try and get some melodies around here and then and then that doesn't really go anywhere, there's no real fish on the end of that line, and so I'll start playing in uh, C minor, and then that doesn't really work, and then I'll just kind of go, you know, just going around,
0: trying to find just different rhythms, different shapes, and then eventually... But it's odd how attached you can get to a certain key with these kind of things. Like, for example, uh, with my one, it's got the F-sharp to F-sharp major 7 to F, which the vocal line is... As we were discussing last week, F is about as high as i can comfortably get f sharp is just a little bit beyond that right so uh that session it sort of strains a little bit right so i I ended up taking the whole thing down to c to see if it worked better and it just didn't have the same energy at all
1: yeah it did i know what you mean um there's um a word sonality Um, which uh, means the different feeling for different keys.
0: And it's odd, because it's the only thing you'll change. Like, you'll keep the tempo the same, you'll keep the Mm. chord shapes the same, you'll keep everything else more or less the same. Mm -hmm. But it just won't work. Or at least to our ears, as creators of music.
1: I've actually found the opposite quite uh, recently. Like, over the past year, I've just discovered changing keys of songs. So this song was written in standard. I'm in in, uh, D standard right now, but it's written in E standard and it was just a little bit too high, to where I knew that the chorus was higher Um, you know. I guess I never found the words, you know, like up at the top of my chest register and I was like, okay, well if I drop it, then those will be a tone lower which means I can give more vocal energy to the chorus and it means that the verses will be lower, but I'm happy to to sacrifice whatever I'm losing in in the keychain in order to give more vocal energy in the chorus
0: This is kind of, as someone who's got quite a low voice anyway, or like quite a narrow singing range, this is something I always have to contend with when I'm uh, learning cover songs. I often have to lower them like six or seven semitones to be able to hit the top notes. Right. And once you've done that, it may just be impossible to sing the verses. So you have to be really careful about what you cover.
1: (laughs) Yeah, totally. I I, I definitely think that. But I mean, you know, like, uh, even like... Just over a year ago before I started doing key changing, um, like writing a song in say C and then going, oh, it doesn't work in C for my voice, I will move it to A or whatever it would be. I would write these songs, which I was like, I really like this song. Why isn't this song working at gigs or in recordings? And then now I've discovered like, it's because, you know, it's out of my range. And it's like, if I'm writing out of my range, then the song itself will suffer. So and that's kind of why... Unless you're
0: I'd... writing it for a performer who can perform in that range, but most of the time yeah. we're writing for ourselves.
1: Exactly, yeah. So uh, so that's why I kind of down-tuned it. Um, lyrically, this one is... Um, it's one of those ones where I, I kind of like sum it up with just a brief explanation, because it's, it's kind of hard to explain. But... Um, it's like... Uh, for all the good things you want to do for yourself... Um, for all the, you know, good traits you want to have and, you know, the good you want to do in your relationships and in the world, what unhealthy uh, behavioural patterns do you have and how do they stop you from doing things which would be beneficial to you and those around you? So it's basically just that. It's like, um, you know, I could be more giving, I could do this, I could do that if I didn't have these fears stopping me, if I didn't have these barriers stopping it. You know, it's just kind of exploring that concept, really.
0: That's kind of really interesting, like uh, very introspective.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think for some reason recently, uh, my lyrics have become a bit more introspective um, in a more literal sense uh, that's not based entirely in metaphor, um, which I can I think is a good thing.
0: Well, it's it's another tool to use any the yeah. more tools you can successfully use that you've got in your toolbox is, um, you know, just means you're a more versatile writer.
1: Yeah, definitely, and uh, I think the I way, mean, the way you get those tools is is generally well. The way I've gotten tools over the years of like using different chords and that sort of thing, it's just become becoming obsessive and fascinated with a certain type of whether it's you know music production or bass style or uh, chordal movement or whatever it is. I become obsessed with it for like a month, and then then I kind of drop it by the wayside, and I'll use it a little bit in songs from from there forth. But I think my obsession at the moment is just. Um, Trying to write as literally as I can, um, and that's not on purpose. It just happens to be where I am at the moment, writing.
0: Well, it's, uh, I think we all have like phrases like uh, phrases like that. Like uh, over the past couple of seasons, I've had a big thing for diminished chords, as we all know. Mm. Diminished, mad is even one in this <laughs> week's song, although it's only a passing chord. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: but once you have these things in your toolbox, you can use them to add flavour. Like, mm. You know, your life isn't suddenly going to be defined by becoming an introspective writer, or by using unusual chords, or by detuning, or by you know using the open strings, or mm. anything like this. It just you know it's part pretty much the reason we do the podcast is to sort of become more versatile and generally better at what we do.
1: Definitely, definitely. I mean, and
0: hopefully uh, help other people become better at what they do as well. Yes, exactly. Fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> hopefully, it's something that
1: is. Uh, isn't, you know, an inspiring or, or motivating factor But I mean, when I first started writing songs when I was like, you know, 13, 14 At a certain point where I started to discover that different chords had different uh, feels And you could do different stuff with them I was like, for every new song I write, I'm not going to go to the far extreme of trying to write this fantastically new original song I am just going to include one thing, one chord, one lyrical passage, which I didn't include in the last one So that with every single new song, I get one more tool to my belt, sort of thing And um, I guess it's just kind of an extension of that. Um, And, yeah, I...
0: We should do a podcast at some point just about our really early songs, the ones that we can still remember anyway. I know we've touched upon it, but...
1: Oh, God, I don't want to go back there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. Or maybe we could could do that as, like, the 700th episode or something. Something like that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I actually have recordings of, like, the band I was in that played my songs when I was, like, 13...
0: See, I I wasn't in musical bands at all then. Like, uh, I was like learning the piano. Mm. Oh God, some of my early piano riffs are they're bad. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks.
1: Well, that's the cool thing. Is like, I I feel like that's something that that should be said to every songwriter who's starting out. Like maybe if anyone's listening to this and they're like you know, these guys write a song every week and whatever, and they they want to start writing songs, but maybe they've written one or two they didn't like. It's like, that's something you've got to get used to. You are Everybody not...
0: hates their first songs. Your first song's going to be really subpar. I mean, this is kind of like the whole thing with um, John Lennon and Paul McCartney. Like The reason their early stuff is good is because they'd written around 200 songs at that point, and they'd gotten most of the bad ones out of their system. Yeah. And it is just a case of that. You are going to suck at first. Like, like you're going to suck at anything if, uh, if you're learning a new skill. Mm. Like, you don't walk into a French class, walk out, like, fluent in the language. Yeah, It takes exactly. time and practice.
1: Yeah, and if you go into a martial arts environment for the first four months, you're going to get your ass kicked. It's the same with songwriting. You just have to get used to... But then, but at the same time, that sounds so negative. Like, oh, your songs are going to suck for the first few months. I mean, the reality is... I
0: find it inspirational that everybody does. Everybody has sucked. yes everybody has written bad songs
1: yeah i mean the 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 positive side to all of it though is that hopefully you'll have an excitement about your songs like when you first finish a song even if you look back in six months ago that was awful you'll be like i wrote a song and it has this new bit in it which i've never used before six months later you might dislike it but that shouldn't discourage you that should be something that's like you should just constantly chase that dragon on and on and on and on and on I mean, I'm, I'll look back at this song in a year and I won't like it, you know? And that's not a negative Then It just means that by a year's time, hopefully I will have improved. That's all it means.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, there was... Just from the time we started this podcast, there were so many songs I used to play live at open mics and things like that that I've just not touched anymore. And yeah, I just, same. I always tend to have, like, a working library of ten songs I can just pull out of my you know, that I've written that I can just pull out of my pocket and perform at any time. Mm. But no matter how many songs I write, it's always about ten, you know. Yeah, same. You're always going to move on. You're always going to forget things. You're always going to learn new stuff. It's just, you know, learning skill. That's what happens.
1: Mm. It it can be off-putting if I, and I'm sure a lot of people have this too, if I look back at what I was doing two years ago, at what I thought was good music, and I go, it wasn't. Because that means that I'll look back at now and think that too. But I, I don't know. I suppose that's kind of the thing with like creating anything is you'll always undermine your own work
0: in your own head. Well, kind of you're almost your worst judge, like your, for yourself. Like yeah. Because uh, either you'll think something is you know the dog's bollocks and it's not, right? Or you'll think it's like um, the worst thing ever, and it won't be. Like, you do need, like, healthy review and feedback every now and then. Like, this is kind of why I liked uh, when we were in Cornwall, just taking these songs out to open mic after we'd just written them, and then we could work out which ones played well and which ones didn't.
1: Totally. And that's another thing, is, like, honing, honing your listening skill as to what is a good performer and what isn't. It's like, you know, how comedians will take out jokes and, you know, maybe, like, a book full of jokes, ten jokes, and eight will just bomb the whole time that they thought were good. And then two, that maybe they even thought like, weren't really that great. Like the crowd's loving. So like, there's an element of other people being, you know, helpful in the
0: process. I mean, that does depend on whether you're doing this more for yourself. Uh, You know, whether you're just writing for your own satisfaction and curiosity. Or whether you're writing to uh, impress someone else, whether that be like a significant other, whether that be like a group of friends, whether that be a general audience. Mm. Uh, but it's just, it's just worth bearing in mind the further and further you go down the road. How on earth did we get onto this topic? I don't know. I like it, though.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, as you go down the road, it does get a lot easier. Um But then what you're saying about sort of whether you do it for yourself or for for others or, you know, to impress like a significant other or or your community of friends or whatever it is. I think the two go hand in hand quite a lot. Like if you're doing it like, you know, because I'm an example of somebody who like I record my own stuff kind of mostly for me just because I really enjoy it and I enjoy the writing and recording process. But at the same time, what other people think of my stuff has a bearing on what I will record and what I won't that you've still not done fireworks now. (laughs) Yeah, it's on the cards. Um, (laughs) I'll do that at some point.
0: I've got a list of 20 songs here that you've never (laughs) properly recorded. Allow me
1: to read. (laughs) He has too. He's literally... You've made a a list at some point. Well,
0: you asked me to, so (laughs) I'll pay you later. (laughs) But seriously, Badger Roger to... Record all of the songs that he hasn't recorded yet properly that you like and that he hasn't done. Go on, do it, do yeah. it, do
1: it, do Roger it, do Badger, it, do it. Um, yeah. I mean, anything else you can think to say about? No, wait. I can't <laughs> think of anything else I need to say about the song. Um, we we can move
0: on. I just I just want to say that I really really like that. I know uh, before the uh, podcast you were saying you weren't that mad on it, but I really do think that's pretty cool. I would love to hear that with like heavy electric guitars and, like, uh, Hitty doing, like, um like powerful, but, like, like with loads of Keith Moon fills and everything. And, like, yeah. I think that could really work.
1: Thanks. I appreciate that. That makes me feel better about it because, yeah, I, I'm not, like, mad about this song. But I think it's because I've only just written it and it's, it's kind of still in its gestation period to an extent.
0: Well, this is kind of uh, something that we always have to deal with is that, like, we're reviewing these very close to the time of writing them yeah and opinions can go up or down quite quickly uh yeah you know even like a fortnight's after is often surprising to me if i ever listen back to the episodes uh if we do like the roundups and how our opinions change over time like at the time i think oh yeah it's the best song ever and then like <laughs> you know three weeks later it will be uh, Yeah I I, I don't think that was a good one And then like oh yeah I wasn't so mad on this Oh that's the best song I've written in weeks
1: (laughs) Yeah it's really
0: weird how your perspective Changes with time isn't it
1: Yeah, It's a
0: really weird thing It's almost as if we change progress over time And that uh, all life is Meant to sort of preserve uh, Some sort of ongoing struggle For betterment
1: That isn't a title But it's close (laughs) 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 Um, Right I guess we should move on to... The next section.
0: section. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> it was the next section. You know, the next section. Um, all right, we'll be right back. Okay, we're back, and we've had an uh, email in uh, from Ruben Marina, who has actually been on this segment before, which has been quite good. Second time. Second time. Uh, the email reads thus. us. Hey there, it's Ruben again. I sent you this love ballad of mine in case you want to play it in your next podcast. Love, Ruben. It's called Tears of Joy. Thank you very much. We will. Here it is.
2: me in the eye You could will-
0: Awesome, Ruben. That's great. How could I? I love it. It's brilliant. I love how it sort of starts off like just piano bass and then like in the middle of the first line, suddenly a wild lounge act appears. (laughs) It's it's super
1: effective. That's so cool. I I like that sort of surprise kick in thing people do.
0: Well, there's another surprise in there as well, like with the um, sort of uh, ring modulated uh, piece that comes in later on, which I really like. It's just another sort of weird layer on top of it, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, totally. It's The production's great. The production's, like, stunningly good, and I say that because I was lucky enough to hear Ruben's original demo of it, he sent it to me on Instagram, like, just, like, him on an acoustic, I think, him and a piano, or, like, recorded on the phone, I was like, this song's really good, and then to hear the song in all its glory being produced with,
0: um, you know, a bunch of reverb, different instruments. I was say drenched in reverb, but in the best way possible, like, you feel like you're falling backwards in a dream or something.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's got a real atmosphere to it. The song. I mean, I mean, what can I say? It's, it's exactly my kind of music. It's really well written. It uses diminished chords. It uses non-diatonic chords. It's got an amazingly beautiful melody. That's all I can think to say about it. But I love it. It's a great man.
0: I echo their sentiments as well. It's really, really nice. Thank you very much for sending that one in. Uh, is there anywhere he his music can be found at all?
1: Ah, uh, yes, there is. Um, he is on Spotify. He's um, he's only seventeen. This guy. Eight. I know. Um, so he's um, he's only just started to, like, really release music, but he's been writing for a while, I think, and he's got... You say that, I'm a decade older than him. I haven't released anything yet. <laughs> but he's got, um, he's got a couple of singles on Spotify. He's on SoundCloud, and I'm going to leave... On our SoundCloud page, I'm going to leave uh, a link to his stuff in the description bar below. Fantastic. Um, so, um, yeah, thanks, Ruben. Thanks again. Um... Yeah,
0: if you've got something that you'd like to send in to be uh, read out or played on the podcast... Then just send it into weekly weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll try and put it in the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: we Just oh. to warn you, we've got a wee bit of a backlog at the moment.
1: Which is weird. We're not used to having
0: e- emails, period. Yeah, people don't talk to us. We're <sighs> the weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, anything else you think you could say about Ruben's song? Uh, no, just that it's really good and I recommend people like check out the rest of his music. Yeah, me too. All right, cool. We'll be right back. See you in a sec. So that's it for this episode of the weekly song podcast thank you very much for listening uh if you wanted to send anything in uh you know email us at the weekly song podcast whether that's a song an email a letter anything that you like just send it in we'll probably read it out on air and it will be fun uh if you're listening to us on soundcloud why not give us a like if you're listening to us on itunes uh why not give us a five-star review we've actually had a couple of reviews on itunes you're joking uh i think we've had one or two yeah that's amazing Pretty, it's pretty nice. That's awesome. Keep them coming. Keep those five-star reviews coming
1: because it, it actually genuinely helps the show because the more we get of those, the more people who like songwriting, like you, the listener, will get recommended the podcast.
0: Also, it just makes our egos feel really, really nice. That's the main thing. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> this is all just like an exercise in, like, um, you know, compliment fishing. So please do. Um, where can they find you, Roger?
1: They can find me primarily at the moment. On my band camp. Primarily,
0: but not exclusively.
1: Exactly. RogerHeathers.com is my band camp. I've just released a new album called Grimm. Mm. It's eight songs. Declan's on it. Ruben, who we just played, is on the album. He sings backing vocals on Reverie, along with George Pilgrim and Joe O'Neill. Um, that album is available for £5 on my band camp. I think by the time this comes out, it's on streaming platforms, but so I really want to encourage anyone who's listening and likes my music to um, to buy it from the band camp. Why not? It's kind of like an act of charity these days to actually buy an album, but... You should support people. Not but, not just me, just musicians in general.
0: Well, if you buy the album, then you've got it then, haven't you? Like, uh, you've always got a copy to download or anything. You have uh, don't have to worry about streaming it online and losing internet connection. And if you're on his band camp, do check out his other projects like uh, Last Week in Munster. Uh, next Week in Munster. I always get <laughs> Every it wrong. Week. <laughs> Every single one. Uh, but Next Week in Munster, uh, to your heart's content, there's a load of EPs, there's some winter tapes on there, which are always quite good. I appear on one or two. Don't let that put you off. Um... <laughs> Yeah, a lot of the um, guest stars who appear on Grim also appear on some of the other albums as well. Uh why not check out P Green Boat, which is your other band. I like this part of the show, you're so nice to me. Well <laughs> i think we've said it before, but I'm
1: your biggest fan, basically. <laughs> yeah, P. Green Boat's my other project and we're releasing an album early twenty twenty, but we're releasing singles like every month, so and we have two new singles out, but we got like four albums out as well, so
0: Yeah, they're all really good. Uh basically like if you like weird and like people stuffing as much as you possibly can into a song until it goes to breaking point and then pass that and still stuffing stuff in, that's kind of the typical approach for a P green boat song is what I've uh, kind of thought.
1: I think that's a fair summation. Um, (laughs) If less is more, think
0: how much more more will be.
1: That's kind of the unofficial slogan. But, yeah, thank you. Yeah, definitely check me out there. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. All of that, just search at Roger Heathers. I'm particularly active on Instagram.
0: Where can they find you, Declan? They can find me on SoundCloud. Uh, There's a link in the uh, Weekly Song Podcast following. If you can't find that, just Declan Kitchener. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one. Um... I haven't been doing much this season in terms of uh, recording the songs as I go, but I uh, have been leaving my mixer down uh, where we record, so I haven't been able to do that. But once the season is over, I should be like putting up uh, like rough acoustic versions of uh, each of the weekly songs, like I did. Like the I've got ones on there from last season, and then I've also got a little clip of me at an open mic night just recorded off my phone just because I thought it would be fun to do.
1: Why not? Yeah why not indeed that's the great thing with SoundCloud and the internet in general is just you can put anything up here that interests you so um, yeah definitely check out Declan's music there Um, I'll leave a link in the
0: uh, show notes on the SoundCloud and uh, yeah I think that's about it for this week so we'll see you next week with two new songs and in a new location or an old location (gasps) Ah, we're basically going back to Cornwall for a week
1: yes um, yeah, thank you very much for listening, and we'll, uh, see you again soon. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.